Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to another episode of No Small Roles, a D&D podcast where there are no small roles and we're halfway to 100 episodes! Oh my god, how are we at episode actual 50? Do we get a letter from the Queen at 100? No, there is a, there, there currently isn't a monarch, so... Erida yeah. will send you an email. <laughs> I'm David Knight, your Dungeon Master, and I'm joined by my beautiful cast, and I'm sure that they will join me in thanking every single one of you for travelling with us for 50 episodes. Thank, thank you, thank guys. You. Thank you. So much Woo. more to look forward to. You are all honorary abracolades. Love you. Abracolades! Right, let's get to the inevitable shenanigans, shall we? Yes. Cue the theme tune! Prepare your party of players and polyhedral dice Your tragic backstory better be worth the sacrifice Seize your sheets and d20 Let's play D&D Your haggard characters swaggers with daggers in each hand You've all discussed what you must, but even best laid plans Take a turn when checks are missed Roll initiative Brandish your blades don't fail your saves. No risk too great, no choice too bold. This is your story. No guts, no glory. Confront your fate with every roll. Every Inside one who will pay the price Their chance of success will rest upon the dice No risk too great, no choice too bold This is no small rolls So, after being told by Flash that they did not have the tea caddy Juna cast a zone of truth as well as detect thoughts and learned from the halfling that it had been passed to Hoot and likely taken to the carpet factory. As Flash was arrested, Alfie admitted that not only did their book of notes contain ways to mass-produce frosting, but also ways to neutralise or enhance it. Meanwhile, Enkidu and Gaius interrogated Agala, who unfortunately teleported away. 
You all gathered back at the knotted strings, and together with Gwendolyn, you plotted your approach. It was decided that Orin would disguise himself as Flash and deliver Alfie to the carpet factory, with the others waiting outside for a signal in case of trouble. The plan started smoothly, with Orin and Alfie gaining access before heading upstairs, where you interrupted Malleus in the middle of a business transaction. Malleus was unhappy with Alfie, but was willing to accept their penance for the price of a severed finger. At a note from Orin, everyone flew feet first into the room. Alfie grabbed the caddy, Enkidu grabbed Orin, Gaius was gouged with a greatsword before grabbing a pile of paperwork, and as everybody <laughs> leapt out of the broken window, a smoke bomb, a flaming sphere, and a fire elemental battery were launched inside, igniting the entire building. You dashed away to the edge of the city, and after Enkidu confirmed the location of any last hex hideouts in the city, Alfie passed Orin the formula to neutralize frosting, receiving a page from Orin's notebook in return. And that's where we pick it up. So Alfie has No wandered. horses were harmed no in the making of the harmed. last episode. Saved the no, you saved the horses. <laughs> Just a city burned. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Alfie has exited the city um, whilst you're still stood on the outskirts. Um, by this point, it's uh, sort of the sun has set, we'll say. It's probably looking at like sort of eight o'clock in the evening. So it's it's dark, but you know, there, there's across the city you can see people's lights, certain lanterns, flames and smoke from various buildings. <laughs> oh no. Uh, let's leave the let's, let's leave. I, I think our time in Medravane is done. And perhaps yeah. if we make our way to Vernock Rise, we might be able to get ourselves in a slightly better position. Um what do you think? Uh, yeah. I was going to suggest trying to get the other spoon with the bell tower and the bell lifting and everything, but uh, I don't know if that's a good idea. Well, we just don't know how long the bell tower is going to be there, you know, because it might be a light within like, um, the next two minutes. That's true. No one else might be able to get that spoon either. So Touché. that's the good news. Maybe this fire will hold up all the other teams as well. So, you know, we've got a head start. Uh, we can uh, earn spoons in Vernet Rise, can't we? We can do oh, too. In Vernock Rise, I think. Great, so, and then we can set fire to Vernock Rise, no, and then the people no, can't no, get no, the no, net. No, no, oh, no. No, 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 no more, no more fire. No more fire. <laughs> and Keely just looks at Guy at the corner of his eye like, <laughs> you're not allowed to speak my thoughts out loud. It's <laughs> <laughs> nice seeing you two get on again. <laughs> Burn Dravain to the ground. <laughs> can to see the fire glinting in Keely's eyes reflected. <laughs> 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 Filmic. This is the darkest timeline. (laughs) (laughs) How's everybody feeling? Do we want to maybe even start making a move under the cover of darkness, just in case any of those members of the Hex are on after us now? I think they've fled the city by now with their um, laboratories up in smoke. They've got no no claim, no nothing to gain here. But yeah, it would be good to watch our backs as we go. Yeah, Yeah, we're we're quite good at a camp out. We might as well leave now and... Yeah. See how far we get. Yeah, so good idea. Once we get too tired, just get a, get as far away as we can for the moment. Yeah, just in case anyone, you know, uh, also was looking for who set the city on fire. Uh, you know. Yeah. Or we can use the stars to help navigate us. Yeah. Uh, just keep the smoke behind us and we're probably heading the right way. Sure. Great. Yeah. Tavernock Rise. Oh, Tavernock yeah. Rise. I would like to say, baby David, I would like to, from this point, mm-hmm. start casting Find Familiar to get Ruana back. Um, again, you can't do that whilst you're travelling. Okay. But at, at your first camp, 100%, yeah. like, sit and do your, your ritual. That's a question. So if you're all heading out um, at night time, you're kind of on the 
southwestern side of Medravane. So are you heading straight south? Are you trying to find a road that's leading you toward Vernock Rise? Any specific signs and stuff? Or are you just heading in a direction and hope like figure out in the morning? Probably a road would be really helpful just yeah. to gain speed rather yeah. than going through the wilderness. Just just a thought. Um the way if we're heading to Vernock Rise, which sounds like a good idea. I don't know if we're all happy with that. Uh, that's maybe something we just need to have a quick chat about. But um it, uh, we might end up going through Rostall. Are you joking? It's sort of on the way, if I recall. I mean, Enkidu, if you're feeling a bit flamey, that might be quite a good thing to get out of your system, uh, Rostal. I mean, we don't have to go into the town. We can just skirt around it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we could always avoid the town. We could just, um, like, you know, yeah. go to the, you know, kiosk, say hi, get a souvenir, then go around. <laughs> <laughs> Though some part of me wonders how the rumours that we left behind would take hold, oh, see yeah. what's happened. Yeah, it would be nice to see, like, you know, a month later. And seeing what what's the what's the flavour of the town now? Yeah, and if I recall correctly, the faceless footman wasn't Left. there anymore. Probably. No, they've gone off in a carpet. <laughs> they could be anywhere. They could be in Vernet Rise for all we know. Could be anywhere. Or Fallas Vale, or Medra- or even here in Medravane. I've just realised I've confused Rostal and uh, Berrien Fields. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, Berrien Fields yes, is southwest yes. of Vernock yeah. Rise. Okay. Thanks, Ben. The faceless footman supposedly went northeast out of the city, but yeah. could have ended up in Medravane or Fallersville or anywhere in between. Or could be anywhere by this time. So we skirt around Rostal and keep our eyes peeled for the faceless footman, but I am on board with leaving it be. Yeah. Yeah. I think that sounds like and, a good plan. And we all happy heading to Fernock Rise? Well, I, I think the sooner we can get the information to Heron, the yeah. more, you know, there, there's somebody else who has all this information about Erida as well, that, you know, we can share it and there's more brains on it. We can also yeah. meet the professor and oh, yeah. get some funds that might help us, you know, move around a bit faster if we could get some sort of yeah. steed or something. And just okay. so I'm clear as well, um, he said he wanted the information in person, right? He didn't. Yes. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. we can't trust the airwaves, so to speak. No. no. Oh, well, there's no. too much to be told, really. Also, his his gnome friend might be there, and I'm quite eager to to meet this person. Also, another important point: we told Heron in our last communication that one of us had died. We didn't say one of us had died. We were quite uh, vague on saying we lost a life. We lost a life. We did lose Bessie. So. It's sort of your calling, key to mm-hmm. how we how we handle that. Uh, we got a few days yet until we arrive there. Yeah, anyway. yeah. yeah. Let me think on this. See okay. if you trust him. Let's enough. walk and talk. Let, let's oh, walk and yeah. talk. I'm assuming we've been walking, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, look the path. <laughs> oh, look the path. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, they're not right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so as you sort of head, skirt around the city, head south um, and find uh, a main road, um, there are a few other people heading in both directions on it. But again, once you've sort of gotten out past the city and out the, past the surrounding hills, it kind of spreads out enough that you're, you're walking by yourself. There's the occasional cart or like faster horse rider coming through. But especially at this late at night, it's pretty quiet. The only thing that is irritating is that after about sort of three hours of walking, as you're kind of looking for, for places to, to maybe settle down for a little bit, it starts raining. It starts out as a little drizzle, but it's the kind of drizzle that just kind of soaks into your clothes and 
And then it gets a bit heavier, and then it goes back to being a drizzle again, and it's... As we're going, can we be looking out for any sort of thing that's going to be like a decent bit of shelter for our camp? Because I think once it starts raining, and we've already been going three hours, we're going to be knackered, aren't we? Yeah. The um, problem with rain is it's not like snow. Snow just sort of settles on you and it doesn't sort of soak in. Rain. Oof. <laughs> and this has been weather with Oren. <laughs> <laughs> you okay there, pal? Would you like a hug, Oren? <laughs> yeah. Tuna gives her in a hug and some guidance for Ray. Aww. Gwendolyn like walks along next to uh, Juna and Orin like with her arm like above them to kind of like she's she's also doing arm exercises but she's also trying to like shield them from the rain a bit. And Kini has his shield on his on, on top of his head. Guy takes off his cloak and like throws it over Orin's shoulders. Aww. It's a bit Aww. too big for him. Aww. Thank you. Um, yeah, Gwendolyn, you're welcome to make a uh, survival check, and I'll give it to you with advantage to. If you're all kind of looking for somewhere slightly sheltered to set up camp. I'll send Aggie up to help look. Uh, 14. 14. So there are a few trees and things around that you think might sort of offer enough. If it were to get heavier, it would offer enough shade. But the trouble is, is that where it's a fairly open space, the noble pastures, um, like a lot of the uh, the rain is almost coming in like slightly sideways, being dragged by the wind. Um, eventually you keep looking and there is, by the time you were all completely soaked, uh, you do find as the, uh, sort of almost like a little, a little valley type thing that the road winds through. And you, you, you think if, if you sit in one of like the little nooks to the side of the road there and cover it over, it's going to be okay enough that some of you will be able to sleep at least. This should do. It's not the best place I've ever found, but uh, maybe if I uh, grab some branches from over here as well, we can kind of make ourselves a bit more of a makeshift shelter. Yeah, let's try. Yeah? Yeah, Yeah, let's see where we can do the help. Shall I brew us a twain tide to warm us all up? Yes, please. Yes, please. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Aggie, get over here. (laughs) Aggie waddles over. (laughs) Gas burner on. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so you're all settling for the evening. Take turns, sort of sit and watch, having a tr- uh, having a cup of tea, chatting to each other. Uh, is there anything specific anyone wants to talk about? I'm going to start casting Fine Familiar. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Not something I particularly need to talk about, but I would love if I could start having a look at Alfie's notebook, if possible. Mm-hmm. The page that we've ripped out of the notebook. Yeah, because it's all in Alfie's own notes, right? Yeah, it's all in Alfie's own notes. All the P's and B's are swapped and Q's are missing and oh, six yeah. and nines are in a muddle. Oh, and... yeah. Do, do we see that you're doing this? Or... Yeah, I'm not doing it secretly. Yeah. In which case, June is going to come up with the sort of, it'll be, I guess, a small amount of frosting that she has left that she stole from Berryfield <laughs> and say to Orin, like, if you need this to uh, work on. Oh, thank you very much. Here yeah, it is. I've got a little bit here as well. Uh, oh. But uh, yeah. how abracalads of you. <laughs> a bit more might be useful. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll give that to you, Orin. Thank so you. You now have all the frosting. Amazing, amazing. Um, yeah, Orin. If you want to make an, it depends. Are you going to use because you've got a, a a way to translate things, don't you? I do. Let me just see if I have it prepared. I do. In which case, I'm happy for you to use that and spend the time sort of copying it over. Yeah, I've got my quill of comprehend languages. There you go. Um that that he made uh so i can richly cast that as well i believe for 10 minutes and then uh copy it into one of my books if i can or yeah absolutely yeah so it takes a bit of time and um 
obviously some of that is the way that Alfie has sort of scribbled notes across the page. It's not necessarily like a straight page of text. It's it's an it's another notebook. So trying to like mimic those. And even once you've copied it over, it then takes you a little while to understand exactly what it is that <laughs> that you're looking at. But if you make a uh, make a straight intelligence check for me, straight intelligence. I mean, it's it's a little bit like asking you to hold up some fingers, really. But, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've got Juna's guidance. You said I had guidance, didn't you, Vicky? Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, it's not good. Um, it's not. <laughs> it's really not good. Hang on, let me. <laughs> It's not good. It's only 26. Well, no, this is just straight intelligence. This is really not good, guys. Um, let me just uh, flash a genius that as well. Um, <laughs> so uh, I rolled a two and a three from the guidance, plus five, plus five from the flash of genius. So we're up to 15. Wow. 15. What a save. Okay. So, yeah, you understand most of it. There is still a question about quantities of ingredients and, and solutions and things. But... Um, like you, you know what it is that you need to be able to brew your own frosting neutralization uh, Ooh. agent. Ooh. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to add that to this. I'll send you over some more information about like how exactly to, to, to brew it. Uh, but essentially, yeah, like during a, during a long rest, if you spend a bit of time, as you would with any other like alchemical creation, uh, spend a bit of time making it. Um, then you'll be making like small potions of uh, like anti-frosting. And in terms of, I don't need to go into all the details of the ingredients, but are they things that I might have on me or are they things I'm going to need to get? Yeah, some of, most of it is stuff that you've got. Um, and especially having uh, like a sample of frosting as well, uh, that's going to help out quite a long way. There's one or two little things that you think you might need to buy, but um, yeah, mostly you think you could, if you were to sit and do it now, for instance, there'd be a chance of failing because you're not entirely sure on some of the notes. But um, you, have, you have confidence that you, you're, you should be able to make some. Amazing. I will report back to the group my discoveries. Well, that sounds very useful. Yeah, very yeah. useful. Yeah. Could um, help a lot of people with that. Well, If you do want to try it out, Orin, I currently don't have any secrets that I know of if you want to try it out on me at any point. Oh, cool. Uh, in, well, a safe, in a safe environment, obviously. But if this is anti-frosting, would it have that effect? Well, no, hopefully not, but just in case it uh, didn't well, work. Well, I mean, I, I'd then give Juno some frosting. I understand. Yeah. If you want to test it, wouldn't it be better to test it on someone you don't particularly like? Rather than like, you know, a friend that could be like severely scarred. I mean, I'm not doubting your skill here, buddy. It's just like, you know, human trials often, you know, not always successful. <laughs> sorry, gnome trials. Sorry, Juna, sorry. <laughs> yeah, fair. Maybe I should uh, do a little bit of lab testing first. Uh, but, mm -hmm. but, but, but thank you, Juna. Juna's got a pretty sturdy constitution. Yeah. That's true. Those shroom dogs went down a tree. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, you know, I'm all for a show. So, you know, <laughs> if June is willing, I'm okay. I'm just saying that out as a possibility. Well, challenge trials are a useful trial. I um, appreciate you caring. You need to get Juna frosted first and then unfrosted, right? Yeah, or yes. or, or apply this first maybe and then, then give them a bit of frosting and see if Ooh. it then has any effect. I mean, I'm also always happy to try out a bit of frosting, you know, for science. <laughs> well, that's true. We know that you're... Um, uh, what's the word? Uh, susceptible. Slightly more susceptible, yes, Absolutely. to frosting than uh, others, um, maybe. I, I'm the perfect um, 
trial person. What do you call them? <laughs> Guy side eyes and Kido like what? <laughs> and Kido will shake his head and and does Orin have like a vial of the stuff with him? No, I've not made any yet. You not made any yet? No, I've just I've just been researching how it's going to happen. Okay. Um, in the spirit of openness, um, Enkidu will um, offer and say, look, there's there's a lot of things I'm still discovering about my new state of existence, but I know that um, I have an immunity to common diseases that affect people, and I have a resistance to things like, uh, things that are considered poison, and he has a quick look at Juno. Um <laughs> <laughs> Turning into bullying now. <laughs> um, can we? Do we not forget that, like Juna poisoned Enkidu on the boat? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about the worms. Oh, I thought you were talking about <laughs> the worms. Cooking still? No, no. no. <laughs> she poisoned him with the frosting in his yeah. tea. <laughs> that yeah, that's fair. fair. That's yeah. fair. That's, that's fair. fair. That's yeah. fair. Okay. That did happen. Did attempt to drug her friend. Uh... <laughs> I conveniently forgot that. Yeah. Yeah, Future yeah. editor, feel free to leave that in. Absolutely. <laughs> yep, she spiked her friends, everyone. Let's all be clear. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, after that, he will say, look, if, if there is an absolute need to test this at all, I, you know, in order to protect other people from adverse effects to the experiments, I can put myself forward. Oh, well, uh, thanks. Could be useful. <laughs> Lots of participants. Oh, we can do a blind study. I could give one of you it and one of you a fake version. And then, uh, yeah, sorry. (laughs) Sounds like a good night. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Whenever you're ready, just let us know. Um, I've got one more thing to do as well while Oren's playing around with that then, which is I picked up some papers in that office. Yeah. Can I skim through them to see if there's anything of of note? You certainly can. Ooh. Um, yeah, so you have a quick look. Most of them seem to be uh, delivery confirmations in some way or other. Okay. Which, they're interesting to read in and of themselves because they do seem to be a little bit coded. Um, nothing quite makes sense in the way that they're written. So in that, it's almost like a little game for you to, to figure out hmm. what exactly is going on. But you, you understand that, yeah, essentially it's certain items have been sent to certain places and received by people. But there is another note uh, to, to Malleus that definitely catches your attention. <clears throat> ooh, ooh, ooh. Ah, suspense, suspense! Up to you whether or not you read that out loud. Oh my gosh, dude. Gaius? Or whether or not that's something that you keep to yourself? I bet it's from his sister. <laughs> Thanks for saying that, now he's not going to share. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ah, I want to know so bad! Guy will say it out loud. Ooh! Oh, what a character arc. (laughs) (laughs) It says, butter, bread, milk, cheers. Butter, milk, bread, cheers? It's a shopping list. Oh. No, I'm kidding. I'll read the actual thing. (laughs) Oh, you dickhead. (laughs) You flower plucker. It says, Mal, where is my update? Was expecting news by now. One sample of this jumped up stuff isn't going to be enough. We're running out of time. To clip the silver wings. Treya. Who's Treya? When Gwendolyn hears um, Gaius say Treya, she kind of tries to lock eyes with Gaius. Like, is this the time to start telling people about your family? Is what her eyes say. Yeah, Guy will like let out a, a very like deep sigh and his shoulders will drop incredibly low. He'll look towards Gwen and his fingers will twitch and then he will 
tell the rest of the group um, everything that he told Gwendolyn, in all honesty. And he does this with a disclaimer of, look, okay, I don't like to talk about myself much, and uh, this is coming from all honesty. And he's going to put his hand on that tattoo of his mum. So, you know, um, this name keeps coming up wherever we're going, and it's starting to worry me, and I feel like you guys need to know the full story of this name in order to be safe. Because everything that I've told you now that is a lie is for that purpose. It's to keep you guys safe. But And then he starts talking and recanting about him growing up in Thainhartha, which is an A-Land. Um, his mum was the matriarch of a crime syndicate, um, a very successful crime syndicate that was at war with the Hex. So they were, weren't part of the Hex, but they were, you know, the biggest rivals in A-Land. Um, they were known as the Van der Castellines. And he had three siblings, half-siblings, because his mum was a bit of a player. Um, and she didn't care who knew it. Um, she obviously um, was with Gaius's father, um, who was an elf, so that caught, you know, is the result of his half-elfish heritage. There was another human who was um, the father of his other two half-brothers and sisters, which is Treya and Cassius. They are twins. They are sadistic twins. And he recounts this horrible story of being pushed downstairs when he was a kid by them and thrown rocks at, you know, rocks were thrown at him uh, for fun by these two sadistic twins. And then there was a final one, which was a half-brother who was a um, half-orc called Brutus. One day... Gaius, who was a very, you know, partying sort of devil-may-care member of the family, got news that his mother had been killed by the Hex, and he uses quotation marks for that. And suddenly Brutus, you know, knocks him out cold, and the next thing he discovers is that he wakes up by an alley, in an alley, over a rushing, you know, sewer inlet. And Brutus says, this has been a long time coming. This is from him and the twins and he stabs him repeatedly again and again and again slashes him across the face pushes his body gasping for breath into the sewage out he comes out of Fainhartha this bloodied ragged body and is you know looking up the stars by the lake which is just outside of Fainhartha looking up the stars expecting to see his last when suddenly he hears a jingle and he hears a tune and he hears merriment somehow and he is lifted off the ground by these hands these very warm soft hands and after a couple of days of touch and go he's healed it seems by a traveling performance troupe who you know take pity on him and scurry him out of Ayland because they're on tour goes through various you know boats and shipping lanes and things with them until they arrive in Dravain they are his saviours and he's so grateful for them. And they part ways in Dravain, but not before they give him their second best loot, which, frankly, is not the best kind of loot, because even their best loot, they're not a rich bunch here. And he is so grateful for them that, you know, he spent his days thieving and, you know, uh, pickpocketing and uh, just for fun. You know, he's not, he wasn't a, 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 
a poverty-stricken kid. He was wealthy. He just did it for fun. He snuck into people's houses for fun because he knew if the worst came to worst, his mum would always back him up. His family would always back him up. But now that protection's gone and the troop went off on their merry way and he was just stood in the crossroads in the pouring rain and he hearkens to the to the sky as it is now, very much like a night it is now. And he had a decision to make where he should go. And before he could even start thinking about it, his feet just started walking. And he hoped that wherever his feet would take him, it would be to lead to his full potential, to his greatness, as his mum once promised. And he started to learn the loot then, which is the reason why his charisma is so shit. (laughs) 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 He's only just starting out again. Um, And he, he worries. He thought that, you know, Treya and Cassius, who he assumes have now taken over the family business, were far away, far, far away. And he thought he would never have to hear them ever again. But first the name turns up in Berrien Fields. Next it turns up here. We keep bumping into the Hex. The Hex have dealings with this family. Um, and he's nervous that he's going to make enemies where he'd rather not. But he trusts you guys, which has taken a long time for him to do with anyone. Because when you're on the road, as you all know, and he looks towards Orin, he looks towards Enkidu and Juna. You, the safest thing is to not trust anyone and just to rely on yourself. And he's really, really sorry that he didn't say this sooner. And that's his story. During all of this, like Gwendolyn's kind of had her kind of hand on Gaius's back and just like been comforting him, but like giving him space when he needs it. But just like pats of like, well done, this is... This is really great. I'm so glad you're sharing. And once once he's done, Juna just goes up to him, gives him a hug until he wants to let go and just says, you have to say these things when it's right for you. You have nothing to be sorry about, but I'm glad that we can share this with you. And Kiri will solemnly and stoically nod, <laughs> but not be part of the group hug. He will just, yeah. <laughs> just nod. Orin or or will go in and hug. Um, like I said the other day, there's new family here, hopefully. For you, um, yes. I'm sorry that the old family is popping up quite so much, though. Still, um, yeah. I just wanted to like get it off my chest, and you know, make sure that you guys were safe. Because, like you say, Orin, you and I are technically family, but yeah. And he gestures to all these guys because there's a big lump in his throat. They can't get the words out. Oh, guys. Grace here, keeping you updated with all things No Small Roles related. The Fate Marked Five have made their way to episode 50. And we honestly couldn't have done it without all you wonderful listeners. So thank you all for being honorary Abraca lads and bring on the next 50 episodes. 
Ben Galpin and special guest Robbie Bellacom will be in Superfan Sam's hot seat for the upcoming recording of No Small Questions. Patrons can join us live in the Zoom for the recording on the 21st of February 2022 at 8pm GMT. You can get all your Orin and Alfie questions to us via our usual social media. That's at No Small Roles on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find us on Facebook simply by searching No Small Roles. And if you want to come and join us on our lovely Discord, then you can find the link in the show notes. As always, we'd love you to help us spread the No Small Roles joy by recommending us to people you know. But you can also recommend us to strangers. But before you start shouting about us on the street, perhaps you could tell strangers about us by dropping us review and rating on iTunes and other such podcast reviewing places. That's all from me for now. Let's get you back to the campfire. Um, so, yeah, this letter is basically saying that um, my family have got dealings with them. Uh, well, I've, I've got dealings with the people we just met, and the rest is all this, like, you know, weird encrypted sort of orders and deliveries and things like that for various things. There's, um, to Stuber, received by Little Brother in the toy, The Sky, Academic O in Last Call, received by Rings in Red Lorraine. So it's a bit uh, encrypted, but, uh, you know, it might be a cipher here that we can maybe work out. Mm. Uh, David, is there a way of maybe, like, thinking of a cipher to work this out at all? Or is it just yeah. too little information? First of all, does anyone speak Thieves' Cant at all? Oh, wait. Oh, oh. do I? I do. No, I don't. Anyone that does... Um... I don't know if I've ever even heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, each of the notes um, basically says, like, lots... Um, like a number of lots to something received by someone in a, a space, in a place. Um, what you realize is that the, the two, uh, for instance, one of them says uh, lots A67 to 72 to room tunics received by academic O in lost call. Looking at it, you know that the first, the, the two is an anagram. That's a jumbled up word. Uh, academic O is just a code word for a contact. And Lost Call looks like it might be some kind of rhyming slang. Rostol. Rostol. And Brutus. Yeah, Brutus is little brother, right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, well, he's, he's no, little no, no. brother, but don't get me wrong, he's like the biggest of all of us. Of course. Oh, that's the anagram for Stu. Stu Burr. Uh, yeah, I'll read, I'll read out the whole uh, uh, whole yeah. for everyone. Thanks. So it's, uh, the three notes say, Lots A67 to 72 to Room Tunics. Received by Academic O in Lost Call. Lots D138 and D194 to Stu Burr. Received by Little Brother in Toy the Sky. And Lot O66 to DR Lycan. Due to be received by Rings in Red Lorraine. Medravane. And these are warehouses, I assume, where the stuff is being held. And each person with an anagram is... Holding dominion over these warehouses, I assume. Yeah, they could be like the big honcho in that town. Yeah. So, little, see by little brother in Toy the Sky. Toy the Sky, where's that? Um, Toy the Sky. Academic O. Wasn't um, 
Maclean's uh, scholar was called Duskin Oratrix. Oratrix. Oh, yeah. yeah. We never met the them, but... Fucking faceless foot... No, I'm kidding. Okay, but, um, <laughs> uh, Toy of the Sky is Miravai, right? It's Miravai. Oh, close enough. Do we have to go through Miravai at some point? Well, I do. Is that just different ways of pronouncing it? Or are they two different places? Toy the Sky seems a bit too specific to... It doesn't sound like if we're going by the thieves' cant of rhyming slang. It doesn't sound like Mervi. Um, if anyone wants to make either a straight intelligence or a history check, I suppose, uh, to try to figure out some locations. Um, I have proficiency in history, but I'm minus one to intelligence. I don't yeah. think. I'm Can we <laughs> all of us or just some of us? Uh, well, one person with um, with advantage, I'll say, because you're all sort of contributing. I think maybe. Orange sounds like uh, a good person. Uh, to do let this. me have a let me have a little think. <laughs> he spent his I, splashes. I'm happy I'm, to roll. <laughs> I'm not really high, but I'm okay in terms of history. Do it. Go for it, guy. Rolling with advantage. And uh, June's going to give him guidance. Yeah. Ooh, hot damn, that's useful. It's a D4, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, first one's a ten. That's not good. Okay, sixteen. Oh, sixteen. Okay. Um, it's not necessarily somewhere that you've been, but. Especially, Gaius, as you came down sort of via the coast of Aeland to get uh, into Dravain at all, you are aware of the city called Foiderai. Oh, okay. Which is on sort of the northern shore of Dravain. Okay. Oh, oh, it's just, oh, hang on. Yeah, Foiderai, uh, that's just north of the Golden Forest on yeah. this handy map. I see. Uh, ah. Uh, is obviously like patching over um, Iron Shoulder. Yeah, I see what you mean there. Uh, well, it seems it seems like the uh, Van der Castellines are trying to get influence in northern Dravain. Yeah. And yes. then, you know, they they go toe-to-toe with the Hex, who, you know, basically got a monopoly on this place, so... Okay. And how long ago were these transactions made? Because we know about Rostal. Now it's a few weeks ago. Well, they were on his desk, so I presume they're still, like, you know, present business. Yes. They're not, like, tidied away in a filing cabinet or something. But they've happened in the past. The past tense have received. So these transactions have been completed. Do you think this is building into the bigger picture of like, you know, burying fields and, you know, all the political use of the spice and stuff? Yeah, of course. Well, they're, they're running out of time to clip the silver wings. Yeah. The silver wings, were they Berrien's symbol? Uh, yeah. Uh, thinking back, the um, as you'd entered Berrien fields, all of the flags were red with a pair of silver wings on. So they're trying to clip Berrien's wings. So they're against Berrien? Seems so. Because Berrien's in with the Hex. Didn't Guy say that his family were rivals to the Hex? Yeah. Well, and if but they it sounds like working... Trey is now the head of the Hex. Which doesn't make sense. Uh, does it? Doesn't? Why, not, why doesn't it make sense? Why does Trey have to be head of the Hex? Sorry? Because she's the one who's writing the letters in giving orders to people from the Hex. We don't know that, that that has to be... Well, not the head, but she's somewhere up in the hex, or... rather than against them. Yeah. Guys, help us out here. Um, David, have we... Um, I'm just trying to recap, like, on the uh, the the letter in Berrien Fields as well. Mm-hmm. But did it sound like that they were in a, like, a, a business sort of relationship with the hex? Or was it more towards, you know, trying to do one up on the hex? No, it sounded like she'd been, as 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 Grace was saying, like giving orders on their behalf. Mm, okay. 
Yeah, the note that you'd found on them was essentially directing them to where they could find Alec Ludder and like giving them information for the target. Okay, so that seems like maybe a deal was done and now the Van der Castellines are incorporated into the Hex? I don't know, merger? I don't know, I don't know. I can't remember what the what the phrasing would be, but yeah, maybe they're all on the same team now. And maybe, maybe Treya and them are all in cahoots. I mean, the Hex do like to move in and try and take control of their rivals. And how does a gang spread? You dissolve another gang and take it over. Yeah, push people off roofs. Maybe the Van der Castellines are now the he- part of the Hex now, like you say. Mm, it does sound like that if she's giving orders on behalf of them. Yeah. Guy's just, the, the colour in his face drops um, even more behind the mask. Maybe that's why my mom died. Maybe a deal was made that if they, if Treya and Cassius took over the family business, that they would be incorporated into the Hex. And your mother was the last obstacle. That makes sense. Yeah. Mom hated the Hex. With good reason. Well, she was no angel herself, but she was more like, you know, competitive. But yeah, maybe that's why. There's something else we're missing here. We don't have, obviously we don't have all the pieces. This is... Should enlighten a few things, but there's something else. I'm not seeing it yet. If they want to stop Berrien, then who are they working for? And are they in are they in cahoots with the Wingthrups if they're up near the Golden Forest? Perhaps. Who was supplying the frosting to Berrien? It was coming Come from Wardenars. Alec Ludder. From the Wardenars, Alec Ludder, but he wasn't Hex, was he? No, that's why no. they wanted to teach him a lesson yeah. because he was moving in on their patch. So Berrien's getting his frosting from Ludder, was getting his frosting from Ludder anyway at one point. The Hex, the Hex are trying to make more frosting because they were trying to get Alfie to make the the fungus um, thing that then could like make a small quantity of frosting into lots of frosting. Well, Berrien already at that time had enough for the, the villages we saw on the way, um, on the way through to the north that there were quite a few soldiers spreading this stuff around. Yeah, there was a lot of frosting. Well, there was lots in that room. They had it by the sackful. Yeah. Yes. I plenty. put my whole yeah. hand in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember that. Hey, Kido, <laughs> with your like uh, studies in like the royal court and all that sort of stuff, um, like what's the time scale here? Like all this building up of like frosting and stuff. Like I know there's like a, you know, keep my ear to the ground here. Like there's a, you know, a, a, a transitional period at the moment with like a steward and all the kings and stuff like that. Like, is there going to be any like big event or things that this is all wrapping up to where, you know, a successor is going to be chosen and all this frosting and all these soldiers and stuff is going to be at its most essential? See, this is a gap in my knowledge. See, between me being at the palace and this, the, the selection, the royal selection of, I can't account for my whereabouts for six years. So in that time span, Anything could have happened. And I personally didn't know about frosting until we got to Berrien's field. Okay, so question. Do we want to tell Heron about all this as well? They are linked. He's got influence. Doesn't mean he's necessarily a bad influence, but, you know, he's he's got ears in them circles, I assume, of being a part of the consortium. There's also one other person we could ask, and he looks around. Erida. Yeah, thought you might say that. She's either the worst thing she can say is no. Well, the worst thing she could say is that information is restricted to higher-ranking family members. That is the worst thing she can say. Yes, which is still no, <laughs> and there will be no better off than where we are now. 
I mean, we're still going to Heron anyway with questions, so. How comfortable do you feel contacting her? Do you feel like the more... What if you contact her more and more often and it makes the link stronger and stronger? Mm. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Neither do I. But this is nagging me. This is important because it's everywhere where we're going. Underneath the workings of everything. And this is also part of what we're trying to uncover. This conspiracy, this link. And the consortium are... We're seeing signs that the two are linked. The consortium and the hex and the frosting. Yeah. What's the link with the consortium? Well, um, maybe this is my own personal pet theory, but like um, Oratrix, who is nowhere to be seen back in Rostov. Of course. But then the consortium are potentially the people that Heron was saying are doing stuff wrong, uh, potentially in cahoots with the Wingthrops, because that's what we've been sent to uncover. No, Erida is a part of She was a founding, founding, founding member, yes. Yeah. yeah, yes, yeah. But the, there is a conspiracy within the current members of the consortium, mm-hmm. which link back to their founding, but also the current lords in the succession race, Berrien especially, have links to massive criminal organisations which have a power to control the populace. But also mm-hmm. what we discovered in Rostal, that there's a potential link between... A current consortium member, Clay Nievet, and his assistant, um, Oratrix, were possibly working with the Hex because they didn't seem all that too surprised to see Arin disguised as Clayne trying to get yeah. into the warehouse. So, again, this is just a theory for me. There's nothing confirmed because things went south. So you say that room tunics, that's, a, that's an anagram for something. Mm. What's it an anagram for? So, yeah. So, hang on. Let, just going back to, to the... Thing so we got lots A sixty seven seventy two to room tunics, which is an anagram for something received by Academic O, which we think is Oratrix in Rostal. Mm-hmm. So what is it and who is it going to? Six of something going to room tunics. It might be something we have to think on over over a rest. Yeah, because yeah. just thinking like to that third one guy that lot. 066 that's just one thing i'm thinking that's that big stone cylinder um oh yeah there was a big stone cylinder um <laughs> in medravane yeah and and there was only one big stone cylinder so that would make sense it was only one lot lots isn't that kind of what um people who do uh like antiques they call yeah yeah yes. yeah like auctions or, or that that stone cylinder makes sense to me or we're definitely missing like another piece of the puzzle to to add, to add further to this, but this is all like really, really fascinating to like start start seeing the the strings huh. across the map. So the the rings in this lot O sixty six that's the the sort of cryptic part due to be received by rings. Question to you, DM Malleus did 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 he have a lot of rings on? I know he had a fancy suit. Um, Malleus didn't. But um, the person that Oren saw leaving with the rod did. Thank you, DM. You're welcome. (laughs) Oh, so the guy, yeah, the slightly sweaty guy. I think he was sweaty. Have I made that up? No, he was. He was quite sweaty. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He had a lot of rings. So that's got to be that stone cylinder thing. 
DM. Did I do a check at the time to have any idea what that stone cylinder was about? Um, I think Alfie had a quick okay, check to cool. see it, but I don't think you actually saw much of it. No. It was being wrapped up. It was a metre and a half in length and it was covered in carvings, I think. Yeah. Okay. And it was going to DR Liching. So that's an anagram for something. Yeah. And we don't know what. And the DR could be mean that it's a doctor or that could be part of the anagram. Oh, yeah. Uh, retcon moment, DM. I know that obviously we're looking at the D and the R being both capitals. Is that on purpose? Um, maybe. Cool. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> you escape rooms, son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, okay. So just to recap. So we've got lots A67 to 72 to room tunics received by Academic O in Lost Call. We don't know what that is. We don't know who it's going to. We think it's received by Scholar Duskan Oratrix in Rostal. Yes. yes. Then we've got lots D one through eight and and oh and D one nine four. So only two things. Not I thought that was a whole load of things. I misread it. To Stubar, Brutus, received by little brother. Do we Which could be Cassius? Brutus again? Or Cassius, yeah, depending on oh, no, oh, yeah. Brutus Cassius... is the youngest. Brutus is the youngest, but it depends if they're twins who uh, <laughs> were born like a couple of minutes after each other. Well, okay, the eldest was Cassius and Treya. I don't know who came first between those two. Um, and then it goes Brutus, and then it goes me. Okay, so unless you received a package in full Foiderai, did you receive two packages in Foiderai? Me? Yeah. Um, guessing no. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Unless it's your loot, I don't think it's you. So we're not sure who Little Brother is, I'm thinking then. But also, it could still be Brutus. It could be delivered to him and received by him. Maybe, yeah. And then the final one we think is the stone cylinder to DR Lichin, haven't figured that out, received by the the ring guy in Medravane. That's what we've got so far. Yes. Okay. (sighs) Okay. Well, it's been a long day. Maybe we need to sleep on it to try and work it out. Yeah. Like you say. Yeah. 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 Who wants to uh who wants to take first watch? I'll do it. I'll do it with you as I, well. I will. Uh I've got Ruana nearly back. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you've been half listening and half uh, filling around with your stuff. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you guys are gonna lose your shit when Ruana comes back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, uh feel free to wake me up um for another watch uh, when when you get tired. Yeah, me too. I'll go to bed now. I'll stay up. Yeah, okay. Um, and me? I've got to wait till an hour's passed. Has an hour passed, David? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. During oh. all of this, like, basically as soon as you'd settled into camp, you started okay. ritualising, so it's absolutely fine. So then, yeah, I, I can stay up, I can go to bed, but before I go to bed, Ruana comes back. Yay, Ruana. I'll check this with Bear, but David, I, Ruana's coming back as a homebrew, Ooh. as a micro owlbear. What? What is yeah. that? Just for fun, um, this has been made by Never Not DM, um, and I've just sent you a link. Oh. Because oh. micro owlbears exist now. <gasps> oh my god, Oh my adorable. god, that thing is cute. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, it's sturdy. That is so cool. Sturdier than Ruana. Tiny monstrosity. It is Ruana. Oh, Ruana only had like one hit point before, right? And she just died all the time. But this one has seven, an AC of 12. So but Ruana's just... changed depending on what creature she's Oh, made. okay. I thought she just had universally no matter what form. One. Okay, cool. No, she, Are we gonna... she is... Are we going to release this for our patrons when this episode comes out? Uh, yeah, we'll slap it up every because it's been made by uh, Never Not DM. Um, 
I'm going to give them a big old shout out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's not ours, no. Amazing. It's never not DMs. We shall share links uh, to but it. Yeah, they've done such a cute job and like the, the art on it as well. So and the great. art is by Conai03. Oh. But this is why I've been waiting episodes to get her back. <laughs> I found oh. this and was like, ah! Oh, that is, ah, uh, wow. Super cute. That is so cute. <laughs> so yeah, you all, um, you all spend the evening resting up, taking turns on a watch. Yeah, is there anything else as the night passes that you'd like to do? I would like to, just on our watch, while me and Enkidu are just um, quietly sat near each other, just have a mm. quick word with him, if that's all right. Mm. Enkidu? Mm-hmm. Listen, tonight's been a very lot of truth-telling, and I feel like I need to sort of, like, clear the air and make sense of how... what happened with you. And how I've been dealing with it. Oh, okay. Because I don't know if you know this, but I haven't been particularly warm to you since... No, that was... No, I noticed. Look, it's... You you, you know now my history with trust, and... Long story short, I... Didn't trust you. When that all happened. I didn't trust that... You were who you were. I didn't trust that uh, you were there for our good intentions. And before the event of your death, and he pauses just after that. Not sure how to phrase that. You know, I trusted you. You were scary at times, but, you know, you were like a brother. Like, I trusted you in that, like, I knew who you were. And I just, I just, that got, that completely collapsed. And I didn't know who this person was. Because I, I... It was a lot, buddy. It was a lot to, like, see you there on the floor. And I don't tell the truth often, but when we were asked that question, I told the truth. And I feel in part to blame for what happened to you. Because I don't tell the truth often, but I did that time for the hell of it. And that was the result. I'm. Well, for starters, I'm. It took a lot, I can tell, for you to come out and tell us that. Now, you say you tell a lot of lies, but I've. You tell them well, I've not been able to catch a single one out. Because I've not been watching for that, though, so I just assumed. You just spun whatever stories you needed to tell to make yourself feel better, feel safe. Yeah. And, of course, when you're, when we're most physically isolated is when we feel the most vulnerable. And we throw whatever we have around ourselves to make us feel, make ourselves feel safe. So I, I, I understand that. I, I appreciate that. Thank you for, for sharing that. <sighs> Before we went into that maze, Gwendolyn and I were the last ones to go in. She was hesitant about going inside. And we all chose to enter that maze. We all knew it was a lion's den. But finding out the truth was way more important. We had come together so far together that the risk was worth it. Because we had each other. We'd keep each other alive the best we can. Now, no one's struggling more than what's happened to me more than me. I promise you that. But I have to confess that I've not fully taken into account how this has affected everyone else. I'm having a hard time 
coming to terms with what I am, what I've become. But I guess what I really want to say is don't blame yourself. I went into that maze, we all did. So, thanks, I guess. I'm not really good at this. No, I, I, I'm I, not good at this either. Like, you know, Gwendolyn is great at this and June is great at this and Orin, despite his, like, you know, protests, is kind of okay, I'm telling the <laughs> truth. But, um, like, look, I've been trying to do things just to, like, test the waters to see who you are and to see if I can trust you. Like, I jumped off a freaking waterfall just to see if you would catch me. You bastard. I knew it. <laughs> you didn't catch me, to be fair, but you didn't heal me, and you slapped me, which I did think was, to be fair, very Enkidu. <laughs> and, and like, you cared for how we let go of the elementals, and you, like, sought to help Elfie, and, like, more and more, you've been proving yourself to be Enkidu, even though I don't know what you are, but you are my friend, and I feel like I'm, you deserve that truth. And it's been hard for me to let go of the idea of the creation being the creator, you know, you being part of Erida, how can I trust you? But more and more, I'm starting to see that the creation is not the creator, you know? I see. And I think you're living proof of that. And there's a part of me that goes, hey, if you stab us in the back, I'm going to gut you like a fish. But more and more, I'm thinking there's no way that you would want to do that. And I just hope that, yeah, I hope that, um, that you're my friend and I can see it from the actions you do, not just the words you say, but the actions you do that you are. Yeah. And I want my deeds to define who I am. I don't know who I am, where I came from, even before all this, but I do get a saying what I choose to do and who I choose to do these things for from now on. So I choose to stay by you, protect you and everyone else. No matter where we go. So, if we're going to hold on to any kind of hope, hope that you can trust that. Thanks, buddy. Now give him a hug. And Keely would slowly return it. There you go. Just just ease into it. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the rest of the night passes without any issue. Um, you all swap over watch. The rain carries on through the whole of the next day. And as you set off following the path, you get to a point that there is a crossroads. Quite literal crossroads. With a sign pointing in four different directions. Back to Medravane. No, thank you. (laughs) You could go southeast to Forlos Vale. Directly south to Vernock Rise. Or more of a westward to Rosthall. Not Rosthall. Vernock. Not cries. I'm just going to shake the post just to make sure it's definitely a post and not like some <laughs> evil Wizard of Oz <laughs> level, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, it is. And even to the point that as you're shaking it, you like another another couple on horseback sort of come trotting by. They're like, can you stop that, please? We're trying to read. <laughs> <laughs> All lost failed that way. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. And carries on. Akidu <laughs> uh, will have a deep sigh as his, um, his hand reaches out lets his finger trace the sign for Paulus Vale clenches his fist and says yeah I think Vernet Rise would probably be the smartest thing to do the place to go I mean yes as our next stop but 
Forlas Vale would be uh, interesting to go to afterwards. Four spoons up for grabs there. Yeah. That's true. Four spoons. If we can get two Invernal Rise, four in Forlas Vale, we only need one more. Ooh. Aikido looks at Gaius and says, Spoons. Yes. <laughs> yep, absolutely. We're going for the spoons. We're, we're delivering our message, buddy. We're getting that. We're, get, we're getting our. Da- we're getting our money, and then we're going for them spoons. And then he just like wipes his hands clean. Like, yep, not a problem. Once we get that dough, and Kiru cracks his knuckles. Yep. Yeah. Gwendolyn just as blankly like she missed a joke. <laughs> So you all uh, you're all heading to Vernock Rise, is that mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah. Actually, let's split the party. Oh, great! <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yes, yes, please, Vernock Rise. Yeah. So you uh, you cross uh, the crossroads, continue on the way. Again, the sky is just grey and grim, and it's making the road itself quite muddy uh, as you're walking along. It doesn't help that again, occasionally there's a cart that comes by and just churns up uh, the path as well, but you keep trudging along. <sighs> Until it gets to the following evening. Yeah. Where again, yeah, you find a, a vaguely sheltered spot to settle down in for another rest. Again, a, a very wet rest. This is getting miserable. Yeah, this isn't nice, is it? No. Is it like just normal rain or is it something? Is there something like, is it? Yeah, it's just normal rain. Just there's normal there's rain. nothing in it that that is saying to you that it's magical in any way the animals or anything (laughs) no 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 it's just that kind of like yeah late spring downpour Mm. type of a thing yeah and Kiri's pressed the digitate in his clothes (laughs) get all get all the mud off the armor yeah this is it's not fun is it no another 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 cup of tea yes please (laughs) um oh shall i have a go with uh uh hang on uh Oren's going to spend some time, if he can, that evening, going to attempt to make some of the anti-frosting stuff, if he can. Oh, yeah, uh, please do. Oh, nice. Make an intelligence check. Just straight Just intelligence, intelligence, not alchemists. I don't get to use my Oh, you've got alchemist supplies. tools, don't you? Oh, yeah, gosh. add in your alchemist tools. Yeah, thank you. You've got all the tools. <laughs> okay, that's better. Uh, 27. <laughs> of course. I'm not even going to say it this time. I can, don't make me make it a 32. <laughs> go on, as then. Go on, then. Go on, then. Abracolad. As you um, are sat there, first of all, you do realise that you don't have some of the ingredients. Okay. But then, in your in your little creative way, um, you grab a couple of other little bits, start mushing them together, grind them down, add a bit of water, and suddenly you realise, oh, actually, you've got something like a semblance, a, a, a swap out. Do you need any lavender? Oh, yeah, that might be useful. Hang on. Whack a bit of lavender in. <laughs> Amazing. Gives it a nice smell. So, yeah, by the by the end of uh, sort of about an hour's worth of, of bubbling away, you um, you have one Ooh. potion of antifrosting. Yeah. Well done. Antifrosting. It sounds like what you put in your car. The ice is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. I, okay, I think that's, yeah, I think that's done it. Ta-da. Um, I've only made one, so maybe we don't do our uh, rigorous testing of it right now and just see in an emergency if it works. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. I trust you, Warren. Thanks. 
I trust you, yeah. Yeah. Pretty savvy. Pretty certain it will work. But it is Alfie's concoction, right? Yeah, and with a couple of said, uh, Sometimes they go a bit wrong. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to explode. It's not going to set us on fire. No, it's not got any sort of flammable solvents anywhere near it. Okay. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Looks pretty innocuous. Can I ask, um, who is taking second watch? Me. <laughs> I'll take watch with you, Gwen. I'll go last and just stay up the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guy is very much, isn't he? Guy is snoring away. <laughs> yeah, I'll assume I took the first one while I was making the potion. Yeah. What are the two of you talking about? Whilst Enkidu's kind of like half sat, powered down in a corner. Juna. Yeah. I, I realised when I asked you to send a message to my father, I forgot you to ask about um, Carhilda. I, I wonder if, if, if maybe you could just send him a little message just to check in and just maybe ask who Carhilda is, but maybe like in a real casual way. Gwendolyn, what's your passive perception? Uh, I knew it. Oh, I no. knew as soon as you said, who's the second people on that? Damn you, David. <laughs> Twelve. Twelve. Uh, and Juno, what's yours? Eleven. Eleven. Oh, brilliant. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So as you finish asking the question, and Juno, you look to respond, there is a sudden, like, thump. <laughs> directly behind you, Gwendolyn. Oh, shit. I spin around to see what it was. <laughs> and you see a half-orc. Oh. Goggles on his face. Oh. Crossbow in his hand. Oh. Sat on the back of a giant spider. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't sound good. And the giant spider grabs the back of your cloak, Gwendolyn, <gasps> and jumps away. <gasps> ah, can I jump too? Is there enough time for me to jump or for me to throw Ruana at Gwendolyn? Uh, make a or make a dexterity check. Yeah. Also, even if Enkidu is powered down, he can be fully cognizant. Oh. Yeah, so I would have noticed something. You're like, yeah, yeah, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Amazing. So what, what the, the spider's grabbed me? Yep, and, and jumped away. No, get up. I tried to kick it. Everyone wake up, get up, ah. get up. Fourteen. Help! Fourteen? That's not like you do throw Ruana, but by the time the spider has leapt up, Ruana just like, oh, tumbling across the ground. <laughs> You're throwing your new baby Albert at them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but... That's where we're going to end the episode. Bounty oh, hunters. We're going to end the episode with a lovely message to your dad. I know. I was so Bounty hunters. Oh shit! Uh, oh. Until next oh, time. Yeah. Bounty hunters. Oh no. <gasps> At first, I was like, "Oh, it's a it's a nice orc that's like killed this spider that was about to kill us." No, they're riding the spider. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> buddies. they're buddies. They're buddies. But I'm wearing dungarees. How can they tell who I am? <laughs> <laughs> You have been listening to David Knight as your Dungeon Master Ben Galpin as Orin Chris Watts as Gaius Daryl Bailey as Enkidu Grace Kelly Miller as Gwendolyn and Vicky Gaskin as Juna Original music by David Knight Please tell your friends, subscribe and follow us on all social media. Thank you for listening to No Small Roles. Anon for now. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.